1: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is probably playing board games. That's right.
2: Actually, On assignment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> On assignment playing board games. I mean, that's just, that's what he does. He plays board games. He's like Tyrion Lannister, but instead of drinking, it's playing board games. That's right. And probably knowing some things. Mm, That's too many things. But running the boards is Joey Dees. Hi. Hello. On today's show, we're going to actually hear from BJ gushing about a Star Wars movie to a very famous person by the name of Ron Howard. Whoa, Yes. Joe and I get really stoked, and probably Vicky as well, because Altered Carbon is coming back. And then, I don't know how stoked Joe's going to be about this, but apparently Magic Gathering is coming out with an MMO interesting interesting maybe that more and of course the geek sheet with Vicky B Vicky how can people get a hold of us
2: get a hold of us via our website bjignition.com.com can have our blogs, podcasts and more. more. Just BJGeekNation on social medias. is uh, I'd say Facebook but still We're dealing. working on it. still dealing with stuff but it's Twitter in Instagram, uh YouTube, <laughs> same mm-hmm. with uh you can find us on radio.com and iTunes as well.
1: Absolutely. And if you uh do use a podcatcher something like like uh, Spotify or an Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a review. Give us a five-star review and give us some words there. Even if it's something uh, talking about the board game that you played with BJ. This is one that we got that said episode 93 OrcaCon recap. Uh, I was talking about OrcaCon and this came from TK of tw three. He gave us that five stars, which I definitely appreciate, and he says, I was playing The Resistance with BJ and company and completely missed the Ladies of the Night mission invite. The game was intense, and I'm not surprised we all missed it. That's hilarious. Thanks for sharing that. That was amazing. That's a typical BJ story. (laughs) I love that. You can go listen to back on that on the OrcaCon recap. Uh, listen to those. The Board Game Alliance comes in, and it's you guys, and then Sean and Josh, and a whole slew of other people talking board games. That's right. Mm. Every Tuesday. Mm. Every single Tuesday. Without fail. Yeah,
0: yeah. I
1: mean, unless I mean, there's yeah. a holiday. Or, or Super Bowl. Uh or something else or <laughs> you know any sort of thing going on that might uh, you know you know other board games maybe a long game of Twilight Imperium that hasn't quite ended yet or super mega 4X con Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. You got to watch out for those. <laughs> <laughs> but please, send us all sorts of stuff. And if you send us something and uh, give us a review, send a screenshot of it. Send it to bjgeeknation at gmail.com. Send me a Facebook message on The uh, the Reverend in Fuego because my Facebook page still works and you can send it to me that way as well. Send a screenshot. Let me know. Send us your address. We'll send you a comic book that's completely and utterly random and a little placard that is signed by all of us so we don't ruin the comic book for you. <laughs> Moving on from that, this is very exciting. On the main show on BJ and Migs in the morning on KSW, which you can check out at Radio.com as well, uh, we had a chance to talk with Ron Howard. And uh, it's because the Paramount Network has a new show that is – I don't want to call it like MASH um, because it's not. But at the same point, it's dealing with an Army medical unit and dealing with stuff in Afghanistan called 68 Whiskey. And we had a chance – B- to, well BJ had the chance to gush a little bit about Solo and I wanted to play it here because I thought it was really awesome how you know how cool Ron was about it
3: and Ron I I know that you've got to go but I I think I would be remiss if I didn't at least make this one comment saying that I am a guy that when I was 17 year old 17 years old watched Star Wars for the first time so I feel like if anybody gets to comment on anything done in that universe I surely get a voice because I was there I was there early on in the days and I loved Solo so much, and I want to thank you for helping bring that to the thank big you. screen because that was such a great story, and it frustrates me because when I was a geek and everybody was basically just picking on me and nobody ever loved what I loved, all I wanted was a world of inclusivity where everybody would love what I loved and see what I thought was so special about it. And so I wanted you to know that not everybody is just just being mean out there who watched the original Star Wars. I think you did a great job, and your team did a great job, and, and the performers were fantastic and I for one hope someday you do something again in the Star Wars universe because I enjoyed Solo very much well thank you that's
1: very kind uh, and I had a blast doing it And and look, it's been a really interesting creative period for me between moving between television, like this genius series that I've done, or being an executive producer on a show like Sixty Eight Whiskey, directing documentaries, jumping onto solo. I just finished doing an adaptation of Hillbilly Elegy, uh, the J D Vance memoir, and I'm getting to creatively, you know, sort of move into all of these areas. They're different, uh, and yet, you know, they're all stories that I that I love, and I, I had a blast on that. And also, my daughter. Bryce, uh, you know Bryce Dallas Howard from oh, oh, yeah. Jurassic World and so forth. She's she's also has gotten into the Star Wars world, directed an episode of Mandalorian, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, um, and uh, and is going to do some more work for them as well. So uh, she's mm-hmm. she's uh,
3: involved in the galaxy and loves it.
1: And an interesting thing, I didn't even realize that Bryce Dallas Howard had actually directed an episode, and I had to go back and look at at it. And she did the episode titled Sanctuary where we see, we see Gina Carino's character for the first time and they're off on that old forest planet that kind of turns into a, a, a an almost like a, a Yojimbo or, oh gosh, what's the Seven Samurai type type thing where they have to defend against the ATST and all the uh, stormtroopers coming in and variety actually talked to her about that and they asked her was there a pinch me moment when you thought hold on I'm directing Star Wars and she responded I think it was of course directing baby Yoda
3: oh man <laughs>
1: He is the light of all of our lives. It's so exhilarating to be able to share my love and obsession with him with others. Working with the Raiders, too, was so much fun. My kids would call them the Pug Men. When you see the masks and the full characters, it really feels like Star Wars. And it was just the fact that it was like, oh, my favorite part, you know, it's not the actors, not Pedro Pascal, it's not Gina Carino, it's not anyone else there. It's directing Baby Yoda. Shockingly enough, Baby Yoda has won everyone's heart. And the Baby Yoda soup meme is the, it came from that episode as well.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so
1: it's kind of entertaining on that end. And I'm really excited to see what more she's going to be doing with that, whether it's uh, in front of the screen or behind it. Like I, I love. First off, I loved The Mandalorian, and I love Solo as well. And they almost shared the same type of feel. Uh, Solo is a heist movie. Yeah, and it's a little bit darker too. I think. Yeah, and Ron Howard came on late onto it because the directors went for a more comedic feel, and everyone's like, "No, this is not what we want." And they're like, "Well, this is what we want." And they're like, "Well, guess what? You don't get to You're do gone. that." Yep. And candum, candum for uh, Ron, and I really enjoyed Solo. Yeah, I thought it was totally fine, to be honest with you. People, like, I had no expectations for it, so maybe that's why I enjoyed yeah. it more. But mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what you're expecting. It's not like we have a rich story for Han Solo written somewhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on from that, but in the sci-fi world, Altered Carbon. Vic, you Ooh. watched that, right? <laughs> oh, no. Here we go.
2: I have a funny story about it.
1: Okay, because I thought you had watched it. It's been a while since the first season came out
2: i need to preface something Uh-oh. we live in washington state yeah marijuana has been legal for many years how now how
1: baked were you watching this
2: so my friend who <laughs> she she <laughs> smokes a lot because of you know chronic pain mm-hmm. she gives me her stuff i don't smoke often like it's i I I probably, I don't know. I don't, I really don't. Probably like three times a year I do this.
1: So let me guess, you do not remember the show.
2: No, I'm watching it. I'm like, what the hell is that? What's going on? (laughs) I'm like freaking out while watching it because I can't (laughs) track what's going on. I only remember bits and pieces and that's mostly from the beginning as it progressively got worse and worse. So I was real stoned.
1: That's amazing.
2: Uh, So I remember a little bit of the first couple episodes.
1: Well, as of- That's it. As of today- you have exactly one month to watch the old season to get caught up on the new one, because the entire eight episodes of Altered Carbon second season will be released on Netflix Thursday, February 27th of 2020. Damn. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Avengers star Anthony Mackie you mm-hmm. may remember as the Falcon. Or uh, w- Captain America. Oh, yeah, that is right. Uh, he's taking over for Joel Kinnaman as Takashi Kovacs in season two. So Chris Connor will come back as the AI Poe and a whole bunch of other new people into that. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, the streamer describes season two as a sophisticated and compelling sci-fi drama, finds Takashi Kovacs, the lone surviving soldier of a group of elite interstellar warriors continuing his centuries-old quest to find his lost love. And I highly recommend watching it in 4K. Oh, oh, dude. Yeah, when it came out, I didn't have a 4K TV. Now I do. This is going to be great. It's Amazing, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was the CGI or the sh- the shooting, the cameras they use, but it, it looks better than any other show I've seen in 4K. And it's one of my favorite things because it's a take on cyberpunk. So I'm really excited to see stuff about cyberpunk. And unfortunately, we're gonna have to wait till Cyberpunk 20- 2077 comes out later this year because it's been delayed. But no. the fact that you can watch something like this, or even if you watched uh, Alita: Battle Angel or the anime Battle Angel Alita, there you <laughs> you get that sort of world. And a lot of those i think uh have elements that altered carbon i don't want to say have stolen but have been inspired by so i really loved altered carbon the first season i'm i don't know if i'm gonna go back and watch it but i'll watch this one
3: so many good things on TV now, man. Yeah.
0: Where's
1: the time? Uh, there is no time. And again, most of the time when we say BJ Shay's on an assignment, it's because he's also watching television. Sometimes playing board games, but a lot of the times watching television. Uh, quickly, this is an interesting one because Joe and I, we really do love Magic the Gathering. That's right. We play it. Joe, you play it a lot more than I. And next week we're going to get, actually uh, this week I think maybe on, uh, probably next week or so, in a future episode, we'll be talking with Dylan uh, about uh, Magic and uh, just your experiences with the new set and how it worked for you for pre-release and release weekends. Theros. <laughs> Theros beyond death. Now, if you want to get into the online version, yes, of course, you can play Magic Arena or you can play Mitko, Uh, But now, Magic the Gathering will be putting out an MMORPG. Now, hmm. this was first announced in 2017. It's just been recently that they've finally put out a gameplay trailer and shows massive monsters and destructively epic spells, which would kind of make sense. Cryptic Studios has made a bunch of MMO RPGs, including the City of Heroes and City of Villains, which I personally loved a lot, Star Trek Online, and Champions Online. So Magic Legends is going to be the name of it. I will probably check it out. I don't know how much I'm going to be playing it because I've kind of phased myself out of the MMO game. Dude, hmm. they just, I mean, you the problem is you dip your feet and the next thing you know, you're fully submerged. That's the problem. I went back and I played the classic service for WoW and I played it for literally a month and I had so much fun. And then it started to get into that grind and I, I recognized it right away. I'm like, no, I cannot do this. I can't spend all my time in front of my computer. Yeah, but I do hope that if it is good, you do get into that grind for the other people because I mean there's nothing better than one of those like 2 months of my life gone away but it was totally worth it. And it's and it's funny because while this is the first MMO for Magic the Gathering, it's not the first RPG for Magic the Gathering. Really? I don't know if you remember Shannara or Shannon and Chronicles. It was I'm a oh, no, <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> it, it, but it was a Chandelar, that was it. So back in the day, back in the day. Back in the day. It was in the nineties when they had it, and it was a Magic the Gathering game where you ran around, ran around on a map and you were going to find all the different 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 cards to collect. You had to fight angels and demons and uh, you had to stop the other five evil wizards from taking over the lands of Chandelar. And, uh, yeah, I got kind of deep into that one too. I never did that, but it sounds awesome. It's great. And you can find it on like emulators for like, uh, for computers now, because it's—I mean—it's old. It's old, and it's a crusty game. Mm. It didn't really translate that great, and you know how AI is with a very complex game like Magic. Oh yeah, it's not good. But sometimes it'll just bust out some broken-ass stuff. And I mean, you could do the old school channel fireball stuff, and sometimes your opponent will do that. Oh, fun! Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, exactly. But it's a real fun thing to do. I'm excited. In, um, tempered excitement for the MMO. We'll see how it goes. But with the guys doing it, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, and we'll get more information as it comes out. But now it is time to get to The Geek Sheet with Vicki B. Vicky, what do you got for us this episode?
2: All right. Uh, I do want to start with a meme because this of course is you cracking do. me up. <laughs> it says, uh, this is from a guy at Port Manitou Face. <laughs> When people ask what superpower you'd want, it's always a choice between invisibility and flight. You Mm -hmm. can keep that basic bitch S, and I'd be communicating with raccoons and teaching them karate.
1: All right. I mean, that's, I mean, oddly specific, (laughs) but also like.
2: I would totally love to talk to
1: raccoons. uh, See, with me, I don't necessarily think raccoons. I would go with either squirrels or crow. Squirrels are very useful smaller, and I feel just that less trash panda-y. I love and then, trash pandas. And crows are super smart. Yeah. like You can communicate with crows now. We've got some cromies at that old house where because uh, we feed them nuts, so they'll come and hang out, and they'll bring us stuff. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. What do they bring you? Um, recently, uh, I did find an apple earbud in okay. the case, <laughs> but only one. We haven't found the second one, so we don't know where that's at. Uh, when I had my 40th birthday, I had the nerf battle and they've been bringing us Nerf darts that had been shot into other yards.
3: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, because we've cleaned it, and then suddenly we're finding them being dropped off in very specific areas, usually where we would leave the nuts. It's an oddly convenient retrieval system. No, it's amazing, and uh, those have been kind of the things. Uh, Maybe a couple of little, like nice little rocks and stuff like that. I'm waiting for them to bring me the $20 bills because I've heard that they could do that, and if they would bring me some money... That would be awesome. Yeah, they don't know that, but they can get more seed if they do that. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And I don't really know how to communicate that. So if I could talk to them and be like, yo, Mm. give me some cash.
2: (laughs) I mean, they might start bringing you coins. That's fine. We need to get like shinier money.
1: Yeah. Uh I would just communicate with big animals. It'd be bears and elephants and giraffes. Of course elephants.
2: Battle elephant.
1: Yeah. That's how you get
2: a battle battle elephant.
1: Battle bears. Mm -hmm. I'm like down for that too. Right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I found this list on crack.com, and I found it really, really interesting. And it's six actors whose favorite roles aren't what you'd guess. Oh, okay. And so I'm going to give you the name of the actor, and you tell me what your favorite role is, because some of these are fairly obscure. You're not going to get them. Okay. Um, so what is your favorite role from this person? Mm-hmm. Number six on this list is Johnny Depp. Johnny Ooh. Depp.
1: Now, I'd have to imagine yours, Vicky, would be Captain Jack Sparrow.
2: Yep. I think, uh, yeah, that might be number one on there.
1: Yeah. I think for me, it would be Edward Scissorhands. Scissor Scissorhands. Oh,
2: that one's good, too. It's
1: really good. Ooh,
2: crybaby. Sorry. <laughs> I like <laughs> a lot of his
1: stuff. All of Johnny Depp there. <laughs> yeah, Captain Jack, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I have to imagine that that wouldn't be for him.
2: Uh, well, funny enough, his proudest achievement was a com- uh, a cameo in a British sketch show. What? What? So the Fast Show was a niche sketch show co-created and starring Paul Whitehouse, which ran from ninety four ninety seven with forty episodes, making it you know the longest running British show, you know by about thirty two episodes, because <laughs> let's face it, British people don't do shows very long. Yeah, right. Uh, but the biggest claim to fame is that he has to be like the number one fan of this show, and so apparently, like All even right. like a Wikipedia page dedicates an entire section to it. So, when the show reached out to Depp to do a walk on role for its final episode, he jumped at the chance and he appears in the last sketch of the series as an American who gets asked a bunch of inappropriately sexual questions by White House's saucy Taylor. (laughs) And he recalls it as absolutely one of his proudest achievements.
1: Uh, Maybe that's why he did that terrible movie Mordecai, because he loves that British stuff. And that movie just looks stupid. (laughs) Like, it just looked dumb. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't go see it. I saw the Rotten Tomatoes reviews of it, and just everyone destroyed it. And I'm like, why is he doing this?
2: I mean, sometimes I think he likes just to be goofy when he can.
1: Yeah. I mean, mean, he can. can. Like, as an actor, he's made enough money to sustain himself doing whatever he wants. So if he wants to do something a little strange a little bit out there,
2: yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, a lot of his stuff is pretty strange. Let's be honest.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, But next
2: one. Viola Davis.
1: Oh, man.
2: She's been in a lot of like heavier stuff too. Mhm. Um like I just looked up IMDb because it's one of she's one of those people like I know I know her, I know I know her. I've seen a bunch of her movies, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. One being The Help or Widows or Doubt, mm-hmm. which is all kinds of whatever's. Uh she was also in Scandal. Like she's been in a lot of stuff and she is very much like a sweetheart. She was um In Law & Order Special Victims Unit, uh, she played uh, Donna. Oh, okay. But uh, apparently, even though she was in, uh, what's it called? I'm totally blanking now. Law & Order Special Victims Unit, uh, that was apparently enjoyed playing a very undignified murderer in Law & Order.
1: Whoa. Whoa. I mean, so. yeah, how often, like, I mean, like, like I've been looking at her list as well, and I mean, you may know her from Suicide Squad, and she's going to be reprising that role in the uh, the James Gunn version mm-hmm. as Amanda Waller, but beyond that, I don't necessarily know anything she's in, so the fact that you could be a murderer, like, I mean, that might be just kind of fun and kind of out there and kind of different in that sort of thing for her.
2: Um, but she's played a lot of really strong black women characters. But apparently one of her favorite ones she likes to talk about is the role as Terry, which, you know, it's like, was she a a strong black woman? It's like, well, the kind of strong enough to beat an entire family to death with a baseball bat. Whoa. Wow. Back in 2002's episode of Law and Order. Order. Ordle. I can say words. Criminal <laughs> Intent, which is the third most successful series in the franchise, Davis plays villain of the week, Terry Randolph, a corrupt drug dealing retired cop who murders a city comptroller's family after he threatens to take away her pension. And Davis's episode Badge is so bad and unforgettable that the writers later asked her to come back for a recurring role in Special Victims Unit.
1: Nice.
2: So safe in the knowledge that nobody would remember Terry. (laughs) But she appreciated like uh, she said, I appreciated killing a whole family with a baseball bat, something black Ah, actresses don't get to do very often. We're left to conclude that years later, when she randomly killed a room full of her underlings as Amanda Waller in Suicide Squad, (laughs) that wasn't in the script. It was just (laughs) merely Davis living out her dreams.
1: (laughs) Yeah. How many times it's like, hey, hey, do I get to do this? All right. I'm in just because it's something. Like, so out of character for all the other characters that they've played. <laughs> I love it.
2: All right, Keanu Reeves. Favorite movie? Keanu Reeves movie.
1: Oh, wow. I'd have to say Neo. Yeah. yeah, gotta go with Neo. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I like him as John Wick, but I still haven't bothered to see the third one yet. I haven't
2: seen any. Mm.
1: And I really, really enjoy everything that's happened with uh, with The Matrix and yep. with Neo.
2: I, as a child, very much loved the movie Speed.
3: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know what? As a teenager, I did also enjoy the movie Speed. Probably for a completely different reason. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But I forget, like he's been in so many stuff like Bill and Ted's, yep. Point Break. Oh god, uh, yeah, point oh, break.
1: Johnny Utah. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently
2: <laughs> his his favorite character he's ever gone to play was John Constantine.
1: Really? Oh wow, Which... and Constantine, yeah. He wasn't the reason why I loved that movie.
2: Was Charlize Theron in that one? I
1: don't know. All I do remember, it was that Tilda Swinton played the Archangel Gabriel. And that was the first time I'd ever seen Tilda Swinton. And I was like, wow, she's really, really good at this character. And then the guy who I don't remember who played Lucifer, who had almost like a Brando-ish vibe, like Marlon Brando. And his performance blew me away. It wasn't anything to do with... With, with Keanu actual, Reeves at yeah, all. Yeah. But it was, I loved a lot about that movie. Also, if you didn't know, a fun fact Gavin Rossdale from Bush was in that movie. Oh, he plays a demon. Yeah, man, I, I totally forgot yeah, about that does. movie. I, I mean, if you had told me it was Keanu Reeves, I wouldn't have remembered. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. But I did like the movie, which yeah. is funny. <laughs> Just one of those things where I'm like, wow, that's right, that was him. Because when you think of Keanu Reeves, all you think is a gun yeah. and him shooting people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did it in Matrix, he did it in John Wick, and that's what everyone remembers him for. Yep. You in know,
2: Ma- that's what's confusing me. I get Constantine and the Devil's Advocate confused so oh, much. Oh,
1: the Devil's Advocate. Yeah, that's completely different. That's that like- has
2: Charlize Theron and Al Pacino.
1: Yeah, and Tom Cruise. No, Keanu. No, That's it's still Keanu. Keanu. It's still Keanu. Yep, yep. That's why uh-huh. I'm oh, I confused. Thought, uh, we just ruin everything.
2: Here. Um, <laughs> but apparently, he loved John Constantine for his strong emotions, and apparently, mm. he's wanting to be—he's pl- wanted mm. to play a comic book hero since he started acting. But obviously, I mean, it's
1: kind of close-ish. Man, I'd like to see him in the in the MCU. Yes. I don't know as
2: what I'm trying to think Adam. of that. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh wow, he's pretty enough yeah he's pretty enough. Just, well, Look Fame at those. gold <laughs> cheekbones are just so freaking perfect all right Vicky and Adam's supposed to be perfect
1: mm-hmm.
2: yep that's part mm-hmm.
1: of it yep yep. yep. but yeah, yeah he that, says yeah.
2: he considers Constance the best character he has ever played because he loved the guy's anger and relent- a relentless drive nice um he's so he's so much of a fan he would not mind doing a sequel
1: cool. I think most people wouldn't mind but I don't know whether or not the studios are gonna get behind that
2: all right uh Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Um, favorite
2: Samuel L. Jackson movie
1: Oh, my favorite Would have to be Oh, he's been in so So many Every movie Gosh I thought
2: you were gonna say Pulp Fiction <clears throat> Yeah, he's pretty,
1: yeah. Snakes I th- on a Plane? No. Jackie Brown? No. Um, yeah. Star Wars? It, Shaft? Well, I would think that his favorite would be Star Wars. And my favorite of his, yeah, would have to be Pulp Fiction. But I think his was just because he got his own lightsaber, and literally his character created a whole new mythos around the purple lightsaber.
2: Dude, this article says, he has starred in over 100 movies, and that is in 2018 alone.
0: <laughs>
2: like, he's been a Jedi. He's been the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., and a mother-loving shaft. I had to be careful there. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wait, whoa, Vicky, simmer down. So apparently, when asked to name his favorite characters by, you know, Jimmy Fallon, like a quiz or whatever, he picked... Mitch Hennessy from 1966 forgettable B movie, The Long Kiss Goodnight. That is
1: not a forgettable B movie. This is what
2: this article says. Oh, I don't know this
1: movie. Oh man, I think it's Gina Davis is a, a person who is yes, Gina Davis is a is a homemaker. <laughs> Here comes my memory. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) is a homemaker who doesn't realize that she was actually a spy who lost her memory. And so uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character is kind of a bumbling cop sort of thing. It kind of goes along for the ride while she's figuring out her past. And then suddenly it's almost like a born identity in that that sort of aspect. And it's, well, I'm remembering it, but I remember it being very good and very fun.
2: Apparently, uh, unlike his lightsaber-wielding snakes off-playing kicking heroes, <laughs> Mitch is an average guy who still manages to suck it up and sticks mm-hmm. with his partner despite being way out of his league. Oh, yes. Jackson, who happily recalls that while his character died in the original cut, audiences loved Mitch so much that the director, Shane Black, decided to let him live. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: And Shane Black has done some really, really great stuff. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's done some Marvel stuff as well. I'm not 100% on that Samuel one. Samuel Jackson in Seven. Uh, he's in no. A, uh, that's Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. I think you're thinking <laughs> of the Hateful Eight. <laughs> I was trying to think of like yes. I, There's one hot cop movie that I love him in, but I can't remember what it is. I mean, there's the funny one, obviously, of the other guys where he plays a cameo with The Rock, right? As they yeah, those those the cops oh, that the, jump yeah, off. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was fantastic. Yeah. So Shane Black has done. A, he's a he's been a writer on Iron Man three. He was also uh, the the nice guys, which was I don't think that was the different. That was a different one. Yeah, that was Uh, the one
3: with uh, oh gosh, Russell Crowe, right?
1: uh, Yeah, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Yes, (laughs) yeah, yeah, bunch Uh, of guys in this. Okay,
2: (laughs) now I'm tracking. Uh, When I say the name Frank Langella, does that mean anything? Anything? No,
1: Frank Langella.
2: So he was apparently in like the 2008 movie Frost Nixon. He was in a movie called Robot and Frank. He was in the box with Cameron Diaz. Well, he's and he's actually won quite a few Tony Awards.
1: He's an older uh, individual.
2: So apparently, his favorite was Hamming It Up as Skeletor. <laughs>
1: Skeletor. <laughs> he and was this has like, to be the 80s ni- one, yeah. The
2: 1987 live action he- Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren.
1: Yes, and you know what. That one's fantastic. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, you can have your He-Man cartoons. You can have all these different things. But you go back and you watch that movie and not realize what a master... I can't say it. But huh. it's a good, it's a fun piece of movie. movie. <laughs> it's, yeah, 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 it's a fun movie. I can't call it a... Yeah, I won't yeah. use the masterpiece word for it. But it is like when you grew up collecting He-Man toys. Yes it's great. Which is
2: funny because this is probably the reason why it's one of his favorite or is his favorite uh, character to play, was uh, I played him because my son was four years old and walked around with a sword yelling, I have the power! And he <laughs> loved, loved, loved Skeletor. <laughs> I didn't even blink when I was offered the role. I couldn't wait to play him.
1: Yeah, and you see that a lot of the times. I mean, Raul Julia, he did, oh, M. God. Bison and Street Fighter, because he wanted something for his kids.
2: That's so cool. And, I mean, R.I.P., even, homie. Yeah,
1: but even think of like the Robert Rodriguez, uh, the Lava Boy and Shark Girl, Oh no, Spy Kids. Yeah. Yeah, Spy Kids. Like, oh, yeah. He's making those for his children because he wants to have something that he can show his kids when their are kids. Right? And it's like, no, honey, you can't
2: see this movie. There's too much sex and blood and gore. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, last one. Mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger.
3: Oh, Favorite oh, Arnold
2: Schwarzenegger man. movie. It's going to be
1: something cheesy and dumb. Yep. It's, and I mean, not even in but the which, 80s.
2: what's your favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Oh,
1: I know mine. Okay, what's yours? The Sixth Day. Oh, old. Arnold fights Arnold's clone. Oh, <laughs> wow.
3: Yes.
2: Huh.
1: Wow.
3: It's so bad and yet so amazing.
2: Oh, oh, crap. The one I was thinking of isn't Arnold. It was uh, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Demolition Man. Nope, that's nope, not him. Nope.
1: <laughs> uh, Arnold for me, I would have to say, and I'm going to the 80s for this, would be Predator. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I, saw it, I saw it in the theaters. I was like seven years old. And uh, it was, it wasn't, like scarring or traumatizing in any way, which I mean, it really kind of should have been, but it was—it was so cool, and I mean, it was so badass. But I also know, like, I don't think Arnold is—that's going to be his favorite. Like, it's not going to be one of those '80s movies, man. Nope.
2: I, for my, mine, his favorite is a kindergarten cop.
1: Is it really? It's
2: not a Tuma. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, he prefers doing goofball comedies to action films. Yeah, he's just built mm-hmm. for action films. But he is so funny. I think the accent adds something to it, um, because you know he was he always secretly dreamt of doing more witty comedies while he was kind of doing all these beefy type characters like you know Hercules and
3: mm-hmm. well, everything
2: like else. Even <laughs>
1: something like Twins which was yep. again a really fun movie I can't use that masterpiece sort of movie no. there at that but it was a lot of fun to watch and it was good to see him in a a comedic role but also a little bit of a vulnerable role too
2: so this is interesting so how this all came to be twins actually it's like his big break came while cracking wise at a movie party when filmmaker Ivan Reitman Approached him to tell him he was surprised he never saw his comedy chops on screen. To which the secret comedy nerd replied, "Well, what's holding you back? Write something for me." And uh, <laughs> challenge accepted. The result was twins. Nice. In the wildly expected comedy in which Schwarzenegger plays, you know, the brother to Danny DeVito. There's supposedly a, you know, sequel coming out. I've heard this for years. It's been mm-hmm. on IMDb for years, and yeah. it's called Triplets. Yeah. With uh, what's his face Eddie oh, Murphy. Eddie Murphy yeah. as the triplets.
1: Yeah, which would be great. I want to see those because if you haven't, like, most people don't really know how funny Eddie Murphy is. Uh, go back and watch the episode this season of him being on SNL. Huh. He was really funny. And it's getting back to that comedic roots.
2: And if you you want more, yeah. watch Shrek. <laughs> I love him in Shrek. Donkey. Donkey. Well, until next time, I'm getting waffles. Wow. <laughs> Stay nerdy.